This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded, but we've got a bit of a bumper show today. We've got a friend of the podcast, Ilias Chair, joining us in 10, 15 minutes, where we'll certainly chat to him about that Sunderland goal, um, amongst other things, I'm sure. Uh, joined, with, joined with me today, we've got Ollie from Up the Rs again. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. You? You good? Yeah, all good. I like that beard, mate. It's a stinker, mate. It's a stinker. Grows on the chin, not on the face. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your hat on as well. You're like a trucker. Right, my, my, my hair is a nuisance, mate. You ain't seen my hat off yet. There's a reason why. Fair enough, mate. Uh, Brad, welcome back, mate. All right, boys. Good to be back. How's hey. everyone? You're back from the bread factory, literally. Oh, mate, I'm changing my shift, so it's been it's been tough, but I'm back back tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. You've been working at Hovis, haven't you? Yeah, mate. Keeping all them machines running. Warburton will be fuming. <laughs> Dunk, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You're all right? Yes, very good. Very good. Right. Where should we start then? Oh, I can't speak. We can't start anywhere other than Sunderland. Um, and the, the, the goal and the performance and the penalties. I mean, Brad, what was your take? You were there, weren't you? Yeah, mate. I was, yeah. Um, where do I start, to be honest? I mean, it just, I think Sunderland come out from, from the get-go. They knew what to do. They were pressing very well. And, you know, I think he got that spot on from that perspective. But we just struggled to break them down. We just had nothing going forward. We lacked something in midfield. We, we just didn't play with any passion. And I, I can't talk much. I can't keep stop talking about that right wing-back, you know, that position. And Dickie having two, three players every time, you know, when McGeady come on, it just looked, it was all over the place, wasn't it? I mean, you know, and that goal disallowed was just, just no luck for us. It's just QPR, isn't it? We, when do we ever get some luck? But I think definitely we've got to go in, you know, these next few games with a plan B because something's not right. 
and you can see that at Sunderland. We should be breaking teams like that down. You know, we shouldn't be talking about this low goal. It's, it's one of them things. It's just frustrating, isn't it? It's difficult because if if that goal happens, we win one 0 Charlie Austin comes away as a bit of a hero, as such. With at the moment, his his profile is pretty is falling, isn't it? With with QPR fans, obviously, be a legend, but he's really struggling, isn't he? But you know, you think about it, he gets the winning goal. We're on to the last day. I'll take a one 0 at the start, and everything's a bit rosy. But but as such, we we ended up losing the game, and and and. It's fine margin, isn't it, sometimes? I think we just went into it too slow. They We let we let them come at us with so much. They just wanted it more for the start, and it's the same again this season. We just keep letting teams take the mick. And, I mean, even if, you know, we can complain about the decision and all that kind of stuff, but, like, we weren't good enough against a League One team that lost to Charlton, who was sat in 20th for the weekend before, so... It weren't good enough at all. No, I agree. I think um, Sutherland got their tactics completely and utterly spot on and Warbs got his wrong again. So I think we were so lightweight in midfield. Like Both were good players, Amos and Chair, but as a pairing and a centre midfield pair, it just didn't work at all. And then our tactic in the game just suddenly became long ball. So we were bypassing them anyway. So then we didn't win any second balls. Did we like me? Obviously, right, me and Brad at the game together. Uh, we were both just like sat there, like scratching Isn't our heads. It? We didn't have a clue what was going on. Like the, we had no structure to our play. Like we used to say, like Warps as a style of football. Yeah, I, I didn't see that on Tuesday night really. But I just went, you know, touching on where we know we were at the game. I just think it went back to Senny a couple of times, and that, that just didn't work. I mean, second half, Dyke didn't miss a head up. He, we had no, no one going on to it, but that kicking from Diang and it, it just wasn't working. But I just when can we see as a team and as a that's not working? So why do we carry on doing it? I just it was so frustrating to watch. Well, Sunderland had a game plan and they put their big tall striker on Dickey and hit it to him every time because they knew that Dickey wasn't going to win it in the air. And KK was out of position nine times out of ten, and they got in down that side. And they did it over and over and over again. And we didn't rise up to it at all. Mm. It's just going forward, which has oddly been a frustration in the last few, three or four weeks. Even if you feel about Blackburn, you know, Peterborough, Fulham. We just, I don't know whether teams have worked us out. That's what it feels like a little bit. They've worked out how to defend against us. They've worked out how we get in behind and... and we're just struggling to break teams down. Like I chair one the goal. It's not going to happen every week. It won't happen most weeks. Um, so it got us out of that Blackburn game. If, if he doesn't do that, that game finishes nil nil, or they nick it one nil at the end. Um, so we've, we always say it more, but in game management, I, I don't know why. What the one question I have, and it sort of refer, you know goes back to Peterborough as, as well, was. What is this fascination with having three centre backs on the pitch at all times? It's like it's a must. We do we swap everything else other than three centre backs. So we push full wax on. We play one centre midfielder. We play three strikers, four strikers sometimes. But no matter what, we keep three centre backs. I just I can't. I don't get mm. it. I, I, I think it might be because he has the problem with the wing backs as well. I think maybe he puts them there because he knows that our wing backs are the biggest problem. Because I mean. At the end of the day, as much as we like a forward or back formation, if we didn't 
do the five at the back and have three centre-backs, I think we'd be worse off than we are because, you know, how many times have we had one of our centre-backs had to clean up for one of our wing-backs that's completely out of position? It, it, it's becoming a, a problem and I think that's hopefully going to be solved eventually. But I don't think we have a choice at the moment to, than Overton to use three because that's saving us essentially, kind of, in a way. But... Who it's knows? more in game, like in game. I get the starting, and you know, but you know, it's not working on the 75 60 minute going 4 4 2 or whatever, you know, 4 2 3 1. Sometimes I don't because I don't know, but, but yeah, I, I think you know, we, we did miss McCallum at that, you know, we, we did, but I can't foresee when we play uh KK and then bring a dome on in that game. When a Doma come on, no disrespect to Doma, you know I love him, but he's he did he looked a bit lost in that position as well. He wasn't getting back, and, and Dicky's not the Dicky's not the answer for that. For you know these through balls, he hasn't got the pace. He, he can't keep up with it, he, and this is when he starts making mistakes. And I, I know a lot of people have been talking about Dicky and his performance, but being there on Sunderland, you can see that you know he had two blokes every time he had to deal with, and there's no one helping him. It just looked like. We didn't know what formation we were playing. To me, oh, anyway, I don't know what. The shape of the wing-backs as well just seemed to be completely lopsided. So Moses on the left, he didn't seem to ever overcommit going forward. Whereas mm. KK on the right was just straight up. As soon as uh, we had the ball, he was gone. And we ain't going to play the perfect pass every time. And we, <laughs> we, Every time we were losing the ball, he was miles out of position. The full-back situation has been an issue all season. It's been an issue last season. It's we've got what have we got? We've got right wing back, right backs playing left backs. We've got right attacking. I mean, the Doma is not a right, right wing back playing right wing back. We've got you know Willock playing left wing back. It's just square, square pegs and round holes sometimes. And, and, and but is that down to Warburton's stubbornness of not changing the formation that kept, that saved his job last January? Well, I just what. Because my, that's my, kind of what it comes down to, isn't it? This, he moved to this formation my, last year, or at the beginning of this year, and our results changed and we stayed up. And he had a cracking second half of the season. It, we've started the same way, thinking it'll be the same this year, and it's not working. Like, How many goals have we conceded this year? I think that Warburton is, is scared to go back to a four for multiple yeah. reasons. One that Ollie's mentioned, I don't think our full-backs are good enough. Two, our centre-backs... Can they play in a four? Uh, you know, and also he's just. If you remember last year, we lost nearly every game. That's you know up until December. It, I think he's just a little bit scared of of, of it, what's happened historically when we played four at the back. Um, so I think there's that, but I, I think the Dicky is a good is a good debate to have because last season he was excellent. I, I can't believe that. She, the, watching him at the moment he looks like a lost lamb sometimes out there like it, it had he's obviously got no confident low confidence he's heavily exposed because we've got we lose a set of midfield battle most weeks and we also full backs are not great defensively anyway so he's always exposed and he hasn't got the experience of barbe and actually barbe's fairly quick over 10 20 yards isn't he but yeah. dicky really isn't i think dicky might be a bit quicker over over sort of 30, 40 yards, but but we he never needs to do that because you know the game it's over, it's passed by. Mm. You know, so uh, that's the challenge that we've got. I think Dickie could do with a rest personally. I wouldn't drop him as such. Well, I would, I guess, but I think he could do with a couple of weeks on the, a bit of 
but he won't in a free because we've got no right centre back. You can't put Dunn or Geordie out there. So the only person you can put is KK in there. Enough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what people think of that. Wasn't um, Don Bull sit back in centre back as well sometimes, though? Possibly, mate, but. Yeah. I think I, I, I was without, told without Sam, field, I don't think Don Ball could play there, could he? I think yeah. we need both of them in the team for Don Ball to be centre backs, and we, otherwise we've got no real holding midfielder. Because yeah. Amos ain't essential, like ain't a defensive midfielder, really. No, but neither is Steph. I mean, you know, ten minutes of that game done. Remember we were saying, or fifteen minutes, he was he was holding his knee. He went, yeah, come off. Well, and there was one bit where he was he was trying to track back, but he was sort of limping and running back, sort of thing. And it, and he stayed on for ten minutes. I just, it was like that's what I'm saying. Like again, like going back to Warburton's in-game management. Like he had Steph warming up for ten minutes, and you could see Amos. He was tracking back, and it literally looked like a disaster went to happen. He was either going to break down again, or they were going to score because he wasn't going to be able to track anyone. And mm. you could see it happening. All of us fans were saying, "Get him off! He's he's, he's gone." Like he was holding his knee. I don't know whether he's like. I don't think he'd be fit for um, tomorrow's game, and I think that's down to Warburton. He's like, he's got to be more proactive on the side of, on the side of the pitch there. Mm. I mean, you know, we're going to have these ups and downs. It's, it's normal for QPR. Always we more downs and ups, but oh, can we pick? Can we really pinpoint Warburton as such? Do you know what I mean? I, he makes decisions wrong, but sometimes he, you know, he does make the right decisions. You know. So, some of these super subs he brings on works. You know, I think like we're talking is obviously formation he's got wrong. That's what we're talking, isn't we, really? In regards to, you know, I don't know what goes behind closed doors with him, but just think, yeah, these, like we said, his win-backs need to sort out. And... I think um, if you look at it, you know, at the top level, we are seventh in the league and we've got, you know, we're in penalty shootout of the last day. Really, it's not that bad, is it? It's just that. Yeah. You know, we are come away with sort of three defeats out of four and not actually playing well, which is the problem. Yeah, I was going to say, the performance is, is the issue as well, isn't it? Like, you can accept losing to teams like Fulham, Bournemouth and West Brom because they're going to be up there at the end of the season. So going away to them, it's a hard game. You can expect that we might not get a result. But we didn't play badly against West Brom or Bournemouth, really. It was individual mistakes. But Fulham, Peterborough, recently... The form like it's just dropped off the planet. I don't know what's going on. He's been rolling the dice, Warburton. That's what he's been doing. It's Fulham as well. Like when we went one one, he should have shut up shop. He should have. Yeah. He should have took Gray off and put Amos on uh, um, and tried to shut up shop a bit and try and nick a draw. Same at Peterborough. There was no need for us. We, we, I, we, we were there, Dunk. And um, 88th minute, we had Willock who come on for McCallum. He was on the right side, right, on the other end of the pitch, right. Every player apart from um, who, who apart from was it Steph the only player who was back and the two cent- no Amos sorry and the two centre backs that was it at one point and that's where we got caught on the counter yeah and it's just rolling the dice I mean we could have nicked a goal in that Peterborough game couldn't we really I mean we nearly did yeah. but, um, well the, the Peterborough's first goal like they got a little bit lucky that it deflected through to their player another day it deflects completely the other way they don't get anywhere near the ball and like it could have been a different result. But we, we're not taking chances. We didn't create enough. Like, if you go touch on the Peterborough game, we didn't create anything really in that game. Our goal was a fluke. Mm. It's just one of, oh, 
so frustrating, isn't it? I mean, walking away from that Sunderland game back to the car was so frustrating, mate. I think um, Warbs has really got trouble, not trouble, but he's got to find his 11. We just don't have an 11 at the moment. He, he, and we've got players coming back as well. It's only going to get harder. It's, it's kind of like he's, he, can't, he can't find the right midfield partnership at the moment. Ball and Steph Janssen, I don't think works long term. No. I don't know well, what field needs to come back and maybe he'll be in. Amos, possibly, but then who, who do you take out? Dezel's sort of a no, and, and, and Johansson are too similar, really. So, I don't know, it's a bit difficult in there, isn't it? We've, we've got three players there we've just mentioned that, you know, that struggle to do 90 minutes fitness-wise. You've got Johansson, Field, Amos, all three of them. You can't play 90 minutes week in, week out at the moment. So that's why he's not got to start in 11, I think. But, you know, we haven't got players that fit. To me, it doesn't look like that. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of teams would absolutely love to have the depth that we have in midfield, but the depth means nothing if you don't have an identity or an idea of who's the best matchup. Because we could have... Iniesta, Xavi, Bob Bar on the bench. And if you don't actually know who works best, it's just switching week in, week out. And, you know, there's, there's, there's teams in this league that don't have a... T- you know, Peterborough, for example, they'd do anything to have players like we have on the bench, like the likes of Steph, Dazelle, Amos. But we don't utilise that because we don't actually know. It's, it's not depth if the players are coming in and out every week. The depth is when you have a team that's there and then if someone gets injured or someone comes out of team, you've got someone else to put in. We don't have depth at the moment because they're switching back and forth every week, halfway through the game. It's it's impossible to work with what we have unless we actually know what we're going to be doing with it because that's the problem. That's his problem is he doesn't know his best eleven at all. And I think going on that, I think that affects the players not knowing what their actual roles are. Like Ben, obviously me and you were at Peterborough, and we were both saying like there were certain points where Steph wasn't tracking or wasn't making a run. But then all of a sudden he'd sprint 30 yards to close down a centre back. And it's like that's not his job to do. Like that's what our strikers should be doing. And we're like, he's now completely out of position. All they've got to do is knock a ball into the middle of the park. Don Ball was there on his own. Or Amos was there on his own. Like, and then we're outnumbered and our shape just doesn't we don't seem to have a shape. When we got the ball and when we haven't got the ball, like the shape is all over the place. And like you said, like if we can't make put a consistent 11 out. They're not going to learn the shape. They're not going to learn where they're supposed to be on different phases of, a, of attacking or defending. See what you're saying there. And another point, and it's a bit negative again, really. I don't. We don't really want to keep going on about negative. But Willock's forms have gone right up. We don't care. But praise them every week for for weeks and and, and the last sort of I don't know, month or so. It just again just. I guess that's that level, isn't it? That you need to go up. Like you know, chair was sort of there last year, but you, it's the consistency, isn't it? Do you think that could be something to do with the wing back situation on the right? Because you know, a lot. Whether you know, I'm not no disrespect to the fullbacks that we have, but when he's linking up with someone like Kakai or or whoever. He hasn't got that confidence, so he runs with the ball and he just doesn't have anyone overlapping him that's going to put a ball in. Because nine percent of the time, when one of our right backs gets the ball on the wing, it either goes straight to the first man or goes over everyone. I feel like if we had a decent right back in there or someone, you know, on the right hand side centrally to support him, I think it'd be a lot better. But because at the start of the season we were looking all right that side, and I just feel like we've completely switched it, and now 
from what at the start, in my eyes, we were miles better on the right with Willock, but now it's almost switched where Ilias is on the left and he's controlling everything. It just seems to switch between the two. I, I just think he needs someone. I, need, I think he needs a runner with him because that's mm. what we need on the wing. Right, so guys, sorry to butt in, but I've just got to let you know that Elias' chair has turned up, so I'm going to let him in. Good. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much for having me. Um, glad that I can talk to you guys, so let's get it on. Really, mate, I, I just want to... I can't really start the pod without talking Sunderland. Um, I want to talk about, you know, the game, the goal disallowed, what your thoughts were, what the players' thoughts were. Really, what what were your thoughts on a goal being disallowed? What you know, what was going on? What dressing room afterwards? Warps. Well, it was uh, a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Um, the, the 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 referee had no clue yeah. after as well, and I was like, he waited for at least a good ten to fifteen seconds before you even put your flag up. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was an outrageous decision, and. Well, we can't get the game back, so we're all very, very disappointed with that. And um, yeah, in the dressing room, everyone was disappointed. Obviously, the penalty shootout didn't go didn't go our way. And uh, I said to the boys as well, I, I take uh, responsi- responsibility for that because my penalty, well, my penalty was not good enough. And uh, and uh, after the game, everyone was just disappointed because obviously you can you can draw a big team. And uh, it's been a long time since QPR have been in a in a bar in the cup, so well, we're all disappointed. But we have to move on quickly uh, on to tomorrow. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to know. You know, when you go on, you go up for pens, chair, and you know, you, 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 what are you thinking about when you're taking a pen? Where are you going to put it, or what was going through your mind? You know, did you change your mind at the last minute, or did you just think I'm going for top bins here because it looked like you were going for top bins? Yeah, well, listen. In in training, I do when I do pens, I, I score them all the time, and it was not like I was feeling any pressure or something. It was just uh, I mishit the ball completely. To be fair, I, yeah. I, I hit it underneath and just went up, and um, yeah, I was very disappointed with myself. Um, but yeah, hopefully we have to we have to move on quick, man. It was yeah. it was just a disappointing night for all of us, um, and. Oof. Well, what can I say? The, the, the referees were an embarrassment. And what can I say? Elias, what was the goal disallowed for? Was it for a Dober offside? Or was it for the Austin offside? Or was it for the apparent offside before? Did they give you any clue into what, what, what why it was offside? <laughs> oh, apparently, they just uh, they just emailed the club with an apology. Uh, that's what the, the gaffer said this, uh, when, uh, this morning, I think. Uh, he said uh, they just uh, sent the, the club an email with an apology. Uh, sorry for the for, for 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 the mistake. And obviously, it goes, the club loses money as well. I think it was what is it five hundred grand that the club gets for for getting to the to, into the next round. Oh. So, so yeah, there's a lot of things coming with it, and um, no one, everyone is a bit disappointed. But I guess this is football. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Um, and well, we know how the referees are in the championship anyway, so yeah, that's yeah. it, mate. But you know, you've been one of our best players this, this season, and you, you, you're in form, aren't you? You're you know, definitely our form player. I just you know, you're still looking at improving what are you looking at improving, and you know, all your thoughts on it. 
for me, it's just uh, to to make sure that I keep consistent. Um, I think that's what that, that was the problem last year. I play a couple of good games and then I have a couple of average games and then I play a good game again. I have to stay consistent, and that is what I'm working on uh, right now. Just trying to stay consistent, trying to be trying to be a, a eight, ten every single game. Obviously, it's not possible, um, but that's what we're trying to do, and uh, that's what I'm trying to what I'm trying to achieve as well. Um, and that will get me into the next level. Um, so, Ilias, obviously, talk about your form. You're currently our top goal scorer. Is that something you've been working on in training, or is it just like you're getting in the right positions? Just like, or <laughs> you tell us. Is it... Well, to be fair, um, as a, as an attacking midfielder, you need to provide assists and, and you have to score goals. And uh, you know how how it goes in this day and age. Everything is based on stats. So no one cares about your 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 pretty feet and how you twisted up a defender. Obviously for the fans in the stadium, yes. But I mean for the outside world, no one cares. The only thing that you read after a game is oh who scored and what was the score. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to pride myself on, on on creating chances and scoring goals and assisting. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm out there to do. That's what I'm paid for to do. Obviously. So that's what I'm trying to do and. Hopefully we can keep that form on for, for, for a long, long time. <laughs> um, so like speaking about obviously like trying to be like get assists and everything, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this little stat, but apparently you haven't assisted um Lyndon for a goal. Are you aware of that or Yeah, I'm aware I'm, I'm aware <laughs> of that. We talk we talk we talk about it uh, in training as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Is that, is that his fault for not getting on your crosses and stuff? Or <laughs> no, that is his. That is his fault. He will tell you that that is his fault. There's nothing to do with. Yeah, he, he had enough opportunities, but, but he assists me. To be fair, he assists me a lot. Yeah, uh, I think what is it this season? What three or four goals that I scored? He assisted me. So no, obviously, Lyndon has been great for us and. Uh, and he's been working his socks off every every day in training and in the games as well. And uh, it's good to have him. And, and he's in good form as well. He, what, what was it now? He scored not, what was it, eight in a row or something like that with the national team included. So yeah. he's been he's been on a roll as well. And hopefully we can keep uh, keep going like that. Yeah. Um, just a quick one. Obviously, I was at um, Peterborough the other day. Um, did you mean your goal? Like, you, yeah. uh, is that something you? Uh, is that something you've like noticed if their keeper that he was kind of you could get like whip it in that like near post kind of area? Is that something you'd worked on in training or? Yeah, we worked we worked on that in training. Um, and I went in training. I was I, I was trying to score well. I, I scored a couple in training like that. But if I, I um, if I don't score, there's someone that will flick it in. So it was just a, a very a very well executed corner at the end of the day. And, no one touched it, and he went in. It was not like, oh yeah, let me let me try and let me try to bend yeah. this one. It was more of yeah, put it there, and if no one touches it, it goes in. If someone touches it, it goes. So we've been working on that, and credit to the to the technical staff that've been telling us every week uh, what the weaknesses are, and, and yeah, that's what we did, and luckily it came off. But I'm disappointed that we lost the game. Yeah, yeah. Ilias, you um, know when they do that, the te- the technical guys. Uh, QPR, when they tell you the, the, the weaknesses, how does that go? Do they, do they sit you in a room and do you just watch videos or do they go, that right back can't turn left or, you know, cut inside? Is, is that how the discussions go? 
No, yeah. So what it is is um, two ga- two days or a day before the game, we go through individual clips. So uh, someone at QPR will take you, take you into a, a room and show you clips of the defenders and and the set pieces and everything, just everything included. And then they will send it. They will send it to you on your iPad as well in the evening to just check it and, and watch it if you want. Uh, and that's, that's that's what I do uh, day before day before games. That's what I watch. I watch the, the opposition's clips. I, I, I watch my, my the, the midfielders, the defenders, all of them trying to trying to get an edge on them a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's that's how the process goes. Elias, how are you finding the internationals? Because obviously, there's been quite a few international breaks in the last couple of months. What's the standard like out on the Morocco team? Because you've been smashing some bangers in that goal against Guinea. <laughs> Fair play, mate. <laughs> yeah, obviously, with Morocco, is 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 very good at the moment. Um, I'm enjoying my time there. Uh, some world class players that play there, some some QPR legends as well uh, yeah. that play there. So yeah, I'm enjoying my time there, having a good time. Obviously, it's not it's not the ideal ideal situation because obviously the championships the um, offers you so many games. So every three days you have a game. And then you have to go on international break, so I basically don't get any rest whatsoever. Um, I, I can't even remember the last time I trained a proper session. So it's just game recovery, game recovery, game recovery. So it's been tough, but that's how a life of footballer goes, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. if I if I want to reach the top level, that's uh, that's what I need to do. So if I is it would you say it's quite physically? Demanding having to come back from international break. Do you what do you what do you do? Do you fly back and then have a day off, or how's it how's it work? Yeah, I f- I fly back and then depending on when the game is, um, then depending on the game. So probably I fly back on a on a Tuesday, and then you have the Wednesday off. Uh, the whole team at QPR has the Wednesday off, so you take the Wednesday off, and then it's already Thursday, so you have to prepare for the game get on Saturday. Um, so well, it's. It's been really tough, but um, it's, men- it's mentally it's mentally the toughest thing. Physically, I can I can still hold it, but it's mentally it's just uh, I have to get on a plane and then I have to come back and then I have to travel to whatever to a Blackpool or Cardiff and then I have to come back at three four o'clock in the morning, sleep for a couple of hours, then whatever you do on a Sunday you do whatever you can't even do nothing. Watch football on Sunday, then Monday back at it again. Tuesday game, so it's just all. It's, it's all tough yeah it's all tough but we're, we're handling it at the moment we're handling it and hopefully we can we can stay like that without injuries and uh, and stay mentally strong and you know, get us through the season obviously you mentioned QPR legends how's Trap doing does he ever talk about QPR and then glory days back when he was uh, scoring 21 goals a season yeah well uh, he, he spoke about QPR with me a lot uh, the season that they got promoted and and the environment and everything, but he's just a good guy that chats to me on a on a on a daily basis. There, uh, try, tries to improve me as well as a footballer. Tries to talk to me and and, and just takes me under his wing. And he's just a just a good guy to be around. He knows a lot about football. He loves football. Uh, he loves QPR. He watches the games of QPR as well. So obviously, he's a good guy to be around and um, much. All love to him, and I learn a lot from him. Yeah, just one more quick one. Obviously, recently there was a situation out when you were on international duty in Guinea. What happened there? What was that like? That must have been quite a 
strange scenario to be in. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a very strange scenario to be in. To be fair, uh, um, they were like, what, "What was it? The the president got got uh, got hold captive or something like that." So uh, it was all it was a mess. It was basically two two armies fighting each other, and it was just a, a whole mess. And we had to get out of there, get out of there uh, as quick as possible. And luckily, we did. But uh, I can't lie, I was hearing some gunshots outside my room and everything. So. It was not the it was not the the best things to be around. What were you doing when that went off? When you heard gunfires, I'd be under the bed, mate, or the, or in the uh, wardrobe. No, I, I didn't know at the time that was that was gunfire, so I thought someone was was doing some fireworks. But then I was thinking, uh, listen, I've been I've been in Africa a lot. I've never seen fireworks, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you can put you can put one plus one uh, together. So. Yeah, well, yeah, so I've got a few questions on, on, on the international front. Do you still get caps? I've always wanted to know this. Do you still, like, you know, you get a cap, but do you actually get like a cap that you can put up some, some well, I think I, I think that only happens to England. Only, right. only, yeah, I think only the English players get caps. I don't think any any other country, maybe a country that well, I don't know about, but I know that Belgium doesn't get caps, Morocco doesn't get caps. Um, so yeah, another another couple of players. For example, Senia Senegal doesn't get caps. Lyndon at Scotland doesn't get caps. But I know that Chrissy Willock with the under twenties for England got a cap. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess yeah, I guess only England is only England. I guess. And I know you mentioned you don't you don't train much when you do the international scene, but when when you do with Morocco, is there a um, a change in uh, what's it like? Is it what's the standard like? Is it up? Is it sort of up? Is it down? What, what's it like? Yeah, obviously in Morocco you got um, some some world class players, yeah. and, and 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 the standard is the standard is very high. Uh, everything is so fast, and everything um, is basically two touch, one touch, two touch, and uh, yeah, I'm learning a lot there. I'm learning a lot out there. I'm improving my game. Obviously, if you play with better players, you'll become a better player yourself. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. Go there, improve myself, come back, trying to impose this at QPR as well. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Is it um, difficult going from like one style of play to another style of play when you're away with Morocco? So I assume it's like a different kind of formation, different tactics to when you're at QPR. So do you find that transition difficult or is it fairly easy to get into? Well, to to be fair, my 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 job is quote unquote uh, easy job. So, uh, what do you have to do? You have to go and create. So, yeah. either you score a goal or you assist. So, you don't really have to go out there and and play a whole other position. No, the, the the manager there he asked me to do the same thing while I'm doing at QPR. Just go out there and trying to create as much as possible. Um, so that doesn't really change. It's only defensively where it changes a little bit. At QPR, we do more of a pressing. I do more of a pressing job, but Morocco is more a bit sitting and 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 let them let them play, and then at the right time you go pressing. So that is a bit there's a bit of an adaptation there, but um, at the end of the day, as a footballer, you need to to be able to adapt. So yeah, it has been really good so far. Just out of curiosity, yeah, sorry, yeah. out of curiosity, who's your uh, out of the Morocco team? Who do you reckon the uh, Best player out of Lemlock because there's a couple of bowlers in there to be fair. Was well, like for Kiwi, etc. Yeah, for, for me, for me personally, is uh, Al Abadi. 
I don't know if you remember him. That kid, the kid that played for Barcelona, Munir Al Adadi. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a joke, man. He's a joke. His left foot is a joke. It's <laughs> just, yeah, you can see where he came from, straight from that Barcelona thing. Uh, that's uh, he's a very, very good player. Obviously, Hakimi is also a very, very good player. You have lots of other players. Um, you have Sufian Buffal that played here in England for a long time at Southampton. He's a he's an incredible dribbler as well. So no, we have a good team. We have a good team in Morocco, and uh, hopefully we can do good things for the country. Are you looking forward to the African Cup of Nations, or hoping that you can be involved? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, it's uh, it's for the first time I'm going into a tournament. Hopefully, I get called up first. This is the, the first. Uh, you should do, you know? You will, mate. You Sorry? Should you should do, shouldn't you? Get called up. Yeah, I, sh- I should do, but you never know. At the end of the day, you, you never know. So, in the, on the international scene, is so competitive. You have uh, players all around the world. And yeah. only what there's only a few places, that, like, what is it? 20 players that can go. And, and you have how many Moroccans you have out there. So... You never, you never know, but um, I should do. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. My first time going to a big international cup, so it would be a nice, uh, nice, nice one. Do you get like, do you get like rumours that who's going and that? Do you get, do you sort of know, like, do you know what I mean? Does people talk, do the players talk or someone being right, you're coming sort of thing? Or do you just, they just ring you up just out of, do you know what I mean? No, yeah, the first time they ring you up, but after that, um, because you know the staff and you know everyone a little bit, they they text you like two weeks before. Uh, listen, be prepared to be coming, and they send you the flights. What flight do you want to be on? Do we need to be, do we need to book your private jet or whatever? And then that's how it goes. So fair enough, mate. So moving back to QPR, I, I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned about formation. Uh, obviously, the the last um, when you. What game was it? Was it the uh, Peterborough game? You played as a was it a central mid? It was like a cent- central midfielder, it was a Blackburn. Sorry, you played like just you and another centre midfielder. What what's that like? That change because I, when I was watching you, I noticed that you were just sort of filling in, but trying to get forward, but filling in. Does that does that impact you going forward at all? Uh, of course, I want to be as as close uh, to the goal of the opposition as possible. Uh, but like I said before, you have sometimes you have to adapt uh, to certain positions. And to be fair, the the the, the gaffer gives me a lot of freedom in, in, in what I do. But uh, I think you're talking about the, the the Sunderland game where I played a bit deeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a Sunderland game. So yeah, he gave me a specific job defensively, and, uh, and offensively I can I can obviously go forward, but. It, uh, the game didn't like the game was demanding a bit too much for me for me, for me uh, defensively, so I had to hold my my shape and um, trying to do the job for the team. And if the one nil, if we scored a one nil, no one talks about it. So <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, it's just unlucky. At the end of the day, what can I say? Um, yeah, I'm trying to do a job there for the team. Obviously, it's not my ideal position, but we've got to work with the tools we got. And um, that day was yeah. that. We go. We move forward from there. Yeah. What, was, what was the Peterborough 
dressing room like? Because I was in the away end, right? I was in the, the the one on the side, and it was like the worst away end I've ever been in in my life. I just wondered what the dressing room was like. Was it like, or, or actually, the probably the bigger question is: Do you sometimes go into dressing rooms and they're like massive, and then sometimes you turn up and they're just like a little box? <laughs> no, yeah, the piece of dressing room was like a little box. Was it? But, <laughs> uh, it was very small, very uncomfortable. I don't think we all fitted in there. Uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was just a mess. Um, but yeah, we got through it. Obviously, if we would have won, it would have been nicer. But we lost, so that dressing room was a bit dark after. So um, yeah, what can I say? It was just yeah, a shit dressing room, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we took a lot there, didn't we? It was a four thousand, and we, you know, we've taken we've taken quite a lot away. Does that put extra pressure on the players? Do you think? Because I think that oh, well, excellent. There's loads of us going. It, you know, it galvanised the team. But then, actually, when, on reflection, I sometimes feel that that does that add extra pressure when there's a, a large away following or a big home sold out stadium. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think as a as a footballer, you want as many as many as possible. Um, so when there's a, when the away fans are coming, you have like the away fans sold out all the tickets. Obviously, for us, that's that's big. You know, you wanna you wanna show the you wanna show the fans where they came for, why they paid their, their money and made a trip to wherever to uh, what is it? Hull, Reading, Peterborough. You wanna show them. You wanna give them something. Wanna give them something in return. Uh, and it's exciting for me. For me personally, I don't know about the rest, but I think for every football player, I talk for every football player, I think it was exciting. And uh, it's just been unlucky the last couple of games, the last couple of away games. But uh, guess what? We have to go and move forward. <laughs> I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but it is the truth. Yeah. So the feeling in the camp is still fairly positive then. It's not been affected too much by the recent results. Still quite a positive feeling around the place. No, we have to remember we're still seventh. Right? Yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not we're not down at the bottom. We're not struggling to stay in the league. We uh, and the games that we lost and, and and we look at them games and we be honest about them. We shouldn't be losing like Bristol at home. That should never, but never be a loss for us. We should never ever lose that game. It's just what did we have? Twenty five shots on target. Mm, just uh, we didn't, just didn't take our chances. Then you have, then you have Bournemouth away, where yeah, the last minutes the goalkeepers, the goalkeeper made some crazy hit. I think their goalkeeper was the best player on the uh, on pitch that day. Then you have West Brom, where myself and and and, and Senny are just yeah. I don't know what we were doing, but it is part of the game. But we should mm. not be that game either. Um, then Peterborough, yeah, obviously we were winning one 0 at Peterborough, and then we give away and some stupid goals again. So if you look at the games, you say to yourself like we we in them games every single time. It's not like we get popped pop, uh, pop of the pitch, and it's just been yeah, like I said, it's been unlucky. But we have to just keep the support from the fans and uh, and keep our heads, keep confident, and hopefully we will we'll be in a good place. I was um, I was Chrissy Willock. You're close to him, aren't you, mate? I was just wondering how he's getting on. He's still just sometimes you two play like you're in a field, just taking the Mickey out of you know players. How's he doing? No, Chrissy's been good, man. Chrissy's been good, uh, and uh, it's a, it's a joy to play with Chrissy. He's a he's not the smartest people. But... <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by but, that? 
Uh, he's just uh, for I, I call him a dopey guy. Just uh, walking all day like this. Uh, so <laughs> so no, nah, but he's a good, he's a calm guy. He's a good, he's a good friend of mine, and I'm uh, glad I have him um, with me at QPR. We, we we have each other's back when the when the so-called old guys, the Charlie Austins, the Stephans, get onto us and stuff like that. So, uh, we have good banter. So um, no, he's an enjoyable guy to be around. Unbelievable player. And uh, hopefully we can we can stick around the channel for a long time. Well, have you set some goals? What what, what you want now? Is it six goals for the season? Have you got a target for goals or assists, or or is it just as many as you can get? Last year, last year I, I set myself a target on ten goals. I got eight, and I was thinking by the last ten games, I was thinking oh, I need to get to my target. I need to get to my target, and I never got to that target. So I came into this season. I said, listen. I'm not going to put a target on myself. I'm just going to go out there, have some, have some fun, score some goals, make some assists. Hopefully, have a good season with QPR. Hopefully, bring them to bring us up with to the Premier League. Have a good season for the whole team, for the fans, for everyone. Um, so this season is not really about a target that I have. It's just going out there, enjoying myself, and uh, score score some goals while enjoying yourself. Obviously, you want to score more than Willick, don't you, mate? Yeah, of course. They've got a little bet going on as well, so <laughs> we'll see by the end. We'll see by the end. <laughs> I, just, I just want to ask you, you know, I've always wanted to know this. On obviously social media and things like that, players obviously do they, they get criticism, don't they? And on performances and things like that. From a player perspective, I want to know, is that something you you know, like you look at or you just avoid it or you just you take it on board or do you know what I mean? If you see it online, do you do you look at it or do you just avoid it, sort of thing? Of course, of, of course, you see everything. You see you see what's going on on Twitter. You see what's going yeah. on on Instagram. You see what's going on on Facebook. You see everything. But for me personally, I couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> if you think if you can if you think you can do a better job than me, come and do it. Be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you'll get Brad turn up. He'll turn up at the training ground, mate. Tomorrow. No, but, <laughs> no, but sometimes, sometimes our people that um, that when I see like a criticism, obviously you have to take it. Uh, it's part of it, and I'm, I'm to be fair myself. I, t- I take criti- I take criticism well. I would say, but I always want to show these people that criticize me. Uh, remember when you criticized me? Uh, I want you to give me that same energy when I do. When yeah, I do well, good, yeah. So, so that's that's what I want to show. I just want to that it gives me a positive energy when some people talk talk uh, talk whatever about me. Just give me a positive energy, and it goes. I've been like that from through, throughout my whole life. I'm, yeah. I'm you, have, you lads, you have to understand. I'm I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I'm too small. I was told I'm too weak. I was told I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm relying too much on my technical ability. Um, so I'm, ne- I'm not supposed to be here. So I've been through adversity my whole life, and uh, that's how it's going to be for the rest of my career. But that's my mentality. I just keep going, keep going, and show and prove people wrong. Elias, top man, mate. Honestly, you've had a great season so far, and um, we'll let you get an early night, mate. Get no, early night. I've yeah. got you one nil, one nil QPR. You score first tomorrow, so keep that in mind. Oh, hopefully, man. Hopefully, three points will do for me. Three points. Top <laughs> man, have a great evening. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much, guys. Thank you very Good much. Wow, what a top man, eh? No, he's, he's such a thing. Is he's such a genuinely nice bloke, isn't he? 
and he is he's grounded, he's like he's down to earth. There's no like big time Charlie about him. He's starting to look like a Delta app. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes I was thinking he definitely looks like a Delta. He's like morphing into him. But <laughs> a Tarak like how you look like Barry, cool. like Ben looks like Barry Bannon. <laughs> just because someone's giving you Joe Lovely. You're taking it, aren't you? Yeah, mate, I'm taking Joe Lovely. I'll have that all day. <laughs> Lovely Ballum and Ballum? Bannon and Sarapt in the same call. Yeah. <laughs> There's Brad Pot Noodlehead. <laughs> oh, look, he just, just seems like a top, top man, humble. You know, he's he just working on his game, isn't he? That's all he's concentrating on is his game. And, you know, I think, like, it, that shows this year, doesn't it? Like, to have six goals already this year, like, he has been recently, he's been really influential. He's, he has been one of our, like, key, key players in the last few games. And you can see it's him who's trying to make something happen. Like he's trying to pick the ball up. He's trying to have a little driving run. He's trying to play that killer pass. So mm. I think where some of the other players, their form is dipping and their heads may be dropping, his isn't. He's, you can see he's trying to like make something happen. He's been excellent. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's we, you know we've done a lot of negatives, but positives. He's certainly top of the list. He's been um, he's been brilliant. You know, and. and mm-hmm. And um, you know, it doesn't always come off, does it? It doesn't always. Sometimes he, he makes the wrong decisions. Sometimes, but actually, he does. When he does those things, he sometimes scores, doesn't he? Or does a killer pass, or, or you know, that's something. To be that kind of creative playmaker, you've got to be that player who takes a risk and tries a pass that another player won't. Yeah. Like if you look at like any kind of stats, like the top players, people like De Bruyne, Fernandez, they're the ones who misplace the most passes because they're trying the hardest passes. So, like, if Chair misplaces a few, but he plays that one killer ball through, you can accept it, can't you? I'd that's rather, him, tri- see, I'd rather uh, him try a ball than play a little five-yard sideways pass. That's why when you see the, um, like, pass success rate stats, you never see any of the top players in the league in there because they spend too much time trying to make that big pass. Yeah. It's always the kind of yeah. play simples. It's always yeah. like the Deck Decker Rice's, Jordan Henderson's, the players you just sit and play it sideways. Yeah. Oh, Lads, I want to bring I want to bring up a topic which is Macaulay Bond. I am his <laughs> number one fan. No, I'm definitely not number one fan. <laughs> but I'm pro bringing him back from loan. Let me tell you why, right? And then you can whoever disagrees with me. It looks like all of you, but um, <laughs> we've got strikers at the moment that aren't scoring, right? Really enough consistently. They're all going to chip in with the old goal, right? I don't see the issue with four, having four strikers in a system where we play two strikers sometimes or a lot of the time isn't an issue, I don't think. And actually, I think that there's some games that he can come in and he can offer us something different that uh, Austin or Dykes can't do. And I know Andre Gray does that a little bit and he tries to get him behind, but I feel like Bond can do that. And he's, and he's a bit more physical as well. And I always think a striker in form is... is, is priceless mate I was, what is he on I saw he's on like 10 goals in like 16 games 15 games um, uh, yeah this just reminds me of Connor Washington though like banging in those goals and then takes a step but, up and just but if we don't bring him back yeah. and we miss out on the playoffs you know I'll be looking back at this and going we should have brought him back yeah, if we bring him what? back and he doesn't play and he doesn't play as much you lose I don't think we're ready we're not like, one... football's all if buts and maybes isn't it exactly mm. so bring if, him back if, 
If yes. the Lino, <laughs> if the Lino hadn't been an idiot on Tuesday night, we would be in the quarterfinals of the cup. But Bond could come back and could like do his, his Achilles, his ACL in the first week back of training. Yeah, but like, it's, it's one one. of those, isn't it? Like the thing is, it is it, League One being it for Ipswich, who have got a, an amazing squad for League One. They've signed like fifty players this year. It's ridiculous. Like. <laughs> We always say, like we said the other week, Mitrovic is far too good for this league, but he's awful in the Prem. Can't do it. Maybe Bond's found his level, and Bond's level is League One. Mm. I, don't I think he deserves another chance, mm. definitely. Because I don't think, despite the fact he did play, you know, a lot of games, he didn't get the full 90 minutes. I think he, you know, he scored a great goal in his debut, but so did Mabido Maiga, but you know what I mean? <laughs> But he also missed some sitters, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, but then again, Dykes did as well, didn't he? I don't know. Exactly. We stuck with him, but look, at he's turned out all right. I just feel like yeah, having a four strikers is, is that fine. Because Dykes offers us something the way that Warburton wants to play. Mm. I just it, think it, that... Because why, would, why, why else would we loan Bon out and then get Gray in if we weren't going to have... If he thought... If Warbs thought Bon was going to do a job this year for us? Hmm. I just don't think, why, why would you bring a, well, I see what you're saying, bring Bond back, but he's in form, bring him back, he sits on the bench, he doesn't score for us, he, he's an Ipswich boy. You know, you know, will, he, will he come, I don't think Bond's the answer, I, I, don't, I don't agree with you at all. But. <laughs> um, well, I, I just think that, I just think that having four strikers isn't an issue. I think if you bring him back in January or bring him back in August, well, I don't think it makes a difference. Um, and who's to say in August he's not going to be ready anyway? Um, just because he scored 15, 20 goals this season, um, there's going to be. He's already proven that he can score at League One. There's going to be people that want him. I just think that if we get an injury to Austin or Gray or Dykes, it's just you know, it's which is highly likely. Yeah. yeah, it's just another option that we've got. And if it doesn't work out, we won't sit back in. Because I'll tell you what, if we come seven, eight, ninth, from you know, we don't bring him back, I'll be looking back going, we should have brought him back. You know, I just mm. whereas if we get in the top six, he doesn't play well, you know, we've not lost anything. You know, that's 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 my sort of view. But on you it. sort of you've got to think from his perspective, if we bring him back, how how annoyed are you gonna be? You know, you why why are you bring him of course he's got to do a job mm. if we bring him back, he's got to come back. But for himself, he's thinking I'm banging them in here, I'm enjoying playing here. It's he, a compliment. It's a compliment of anything if we bring him back. Surely it's a you know it's a boost. Yeah. They come back. We want you just I don't know. But then you've also got two big characters who will be pushed further down the pecking order potentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's for and me the that's, biggest that, argument. That is then going to cause a rift in the in the changing room, isn't it? Well, no, because yes, because it, because it is. Like, with Austin, it might not because he loves the club, but he's still not going to be happy being third fiddle or even fourth fiddle. We we'll score I mean. more goals then. Then we don't need him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's mean, simple enough. That's easy enough to be saying that, isn't it? Like he scored a goal on Tuesday and it was completely wrongfully disallowed. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just it is one of those where him and Gray just need a goal. Mm. I, I felt on I felt on Tuesday night, Gray actually in the first half, especially, we were at that end of the ground where he was attacking, he was closing down, he was working the hardest I've seen him work for us. He just needs a goal. I thought I thought Gray was good. I think there was a chance that Sunderland he should have buried, shouldn't he, really? Yeah. 
I think we definitely need a striker. I just don't think it's Bond yet. I just, I just want him to stay where he is and keep those goals coming in. It wouldn't surprise me if we recalled him and sold him, though, if we get an offer. That's that's my worry. We paid a lot for him. It was like two mil, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot to spend on, the, on, on him. But... I mean, January's so far away, actually. There's so many more. I think I counted there was, what, 12 games, 11 games to play. So, I mean, it's a long way away. Yeah, it's so it, it feels like it's like a month's time. It's... But it, yeah. It, yeah, there's not. So, so, I don't know if everyone saw the stadium. The stadium... <laughs> the moment that's come out what's anyone's views on that I want to stay at Loftus Road so I don't mind <laughs> I think for me do we need at the minute to move stadiums if we're not consistently a Premier League team no no because like, as much as like we like, we love Loftus Road for what it is but we we, like, we don't sell it out every year do you know what I mean like there's a couple of seasons in the cup go, but there was 12,000 there most weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we could suddenly go out and buy, build a brand new 25 seater stadium, like, we're not going to fill it if we're not in the Prem. So then, why, why waste money now? And then, why not wait until we're established in the Prem and then do it? I understand the club want to, it's an asset for the club to have a better, bigger stadium. But I'm, I'm happy where we are at the minute. I think the fans' view is, yeah, let's just keep a loss road. We can't fill it out anyway. But I think the reality is that we have to, at some point, move from a sustainability point of view. And the fact that we, the owners, put in loads of money every month to keep us afloat. Whereas if we had a bigger stadium, not just bigger gates yeah. and, and money, but we could sell the corporate, you know, the boxes. They go out on like, you know, they can sell them out in the week to to businesses and, and stuff like that, that 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 we can't do it maybe that other crowd grounds can do and they're making quite a bit of turnover on it just won't be the same without Loftus Road no but I just think we're falling so far behind like there's so many new stadiums about I know I know what you're saying and I get it but look at Brentford they seem to have done it right the right way you can do it the right way but it, we've just got to make sure we do it the right way and moving out of the borough is a bit of a problem really but it's the only way we're going to get a new stadium so it's a bit catch 22 isn't it it be, aside from QPR, it will be a massive blow for those community in terms of like the pubs and stuff as well around that that bit area. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, the whole Brentford situation. I don't. I'm still unsure why they really did that. Because, I mean, look at the stadium itself. Is I mean, it's Lego house in it. But mm. I, I just think if we stayed where we are. Is there is there opportunity to buy out the houses and extend it slightly, or is it just a matter of we have I don't, to move? Don't think there is. I think they've been trying that. They've done. They've tried that. They they must have yeah. too many houses about. Like you build they've up, gone. it's a problem with sun, isn't it? And if you, you can't build back because we can't, it's a school in there in one end and houses oh, yeah. the other end. Yeah. It's just it's just not great. But um, Forest, quick. What do you reckon? I'm not looking forward to it, lads. I'm not. Like right. sky again. Do you, want a, do you want a couple of dodgy stats? Oh, God. So, right, out of 22 games that we've played on a Friday, how many do you think we've won? None. Six. No, it's neither of those. Four. No, lower. Two. Jesus. Two oh. games on a Friday night, lads. So, it's not looking positive. Talk some more depressing stats for the Forest game. We've won four of our last 20 games against them. We hate Forest, don't we? 
Yeah. Eight played against them. Like, I mean, like, just like they've had a week to prepare for this. We haven't. Um, Forrest are third in the form table the last eight matches. We're 17th. Ooh. Jesus. Well, that, with that all in mind, what we what are we saying? <laughs> well, well, I'm normally super positive. Like, I am, right, right. you know, I, I said we'd beat Fulham. I said we'd beat everyone that we've... And I'm going to stay positive and say we'll lose 1-0. And that's positive. <laughs> <really good. laughs> don't like to see more than one, so... I'll take you know what? Forest have won the last three out of four, haven't they? Yeah, the Forest, the Forest are flying because they've got this new manager, haven't they? They've got this new manager bounce. But do you know what? New manager bounce has come to an end at some point. I think we're going to win 2 0. They lost 4 1, though, didn't they? The week midweek. Well, against 4 0, isn't it? 4 0, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Not good we're, time, we're going to win 2 0. Before our predictions, I just want to ask you what, what team you think. What, what formation you'll go, what who you'll bring in, who you'll drop, you know, tell me your 11. Let's, let's agree on one. Well, it'll be well, Diagon goal, won't it? And then it'll be. Yeah. I assume McCallum, McCallum will be back, is it, will he? He's just rested for the rested, Sunderland game. Yeah. So I assume I so. McCallum will be back. I mean, Moses for me had a good game on Tuesday night. So I'd like, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the starting line if we're going with the back five. Yeah, yeah Moses. He will, he will go with. I think he'll go Geordie, Dickie, and Barbie. I think yeah. if Geordie's fit, I mean, he can again, he's another one who can't play two games in a week, really, can he? Um, um, I mean, personally, it's going to be balling, balling, um, Steph, Steph, isn't it? I just can't, this field's not fit, Amos not fit, Dazel right. is, you can't play Dazel and Steph together, I don't think. Do you, do you think it's better when we play one up top or two? One. We're at home. This, is, this is the problem with it because with, I don't feel that Dykes is forming a partnership with Gray or Austin at the minute because he's not they're not playing enough minutes together. Whereas last season it was it was Dykes and Austin nearly every game, wasn't it? And they built that Sharon relationship up, they built that partnership up. But Sharon then like said, stepped it up a bit. They've stepped that's it up what I mean. I can't not put them in the team, mate. And you know, I can't play with one centre midfielder. I just don't think it works. So for me, if I had to pick, it would be Willick, Chair and Dykes. Yeah. No, I agree. Probably agree with that. I mean, I, I want to give Gray more time. I think Gray will become good at some stage. He just needs a goal, a few goals in him. Mm. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going nil-nil, right? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go one-all. Fair enough, no, lads. It's not too negative. Thought it could have no. been worse. No, but we'll leave it there. Um, let's hope for oh, next next week's right. pod. We can... I just wanted to throw a quick thing in. Just a quick one. Obviously, because our next eight games are on Sky, yeah? We briefly touched on the Sky hoodoo the other, on the other pod. Do we think it's actually a thing? Because if it is, eight games on Sky, that's a lot of drop points. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Because there is definitely something there. Because we are just terrible every time on Sky. You know, like Brad always says to me, we tell our mates, "Oh yeah, watch us," and then they watch us and go, "You're rubbish." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are." Um, every time, um, yeah. Um, so there is definitely something going on. I don't know whether it's just luck, but I just can't imagine eight the next eight games that we've. T- it's got something's got to give, isn't it? 
But, yeah, but look, listen, we've got to end it on, listen to what Chair said as well, we're seventh in the league, you know, we're not we're not bottom of the table, we're, we're looking at the negatives here, we're, we're up there, you know, we need a few more wins, that, and let's go, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we'll end it on that then, Brad. Let's hope for a good result Friday, lads. See you later. Good. Nice yeah. to see you all again. Yeah, yeah, see you later, guys. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has sorely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.